Hello, you're one of our regular students for Self-Improvement Wednesday. Each week you get to learn something new. Your lesson this week, the importance of urban parks and particularly the Sydney parks and green spaces. Your teacher is Elizabeth Mossop, Professor of Landscape Architecture at the University of Technology, Sydney. Elizabeth, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Richard. Sydney's level of green space, we might whinge about it and say we want more. You say in international terms, it's pretty unusual. What is unusual for a big city like Sydney is so many people who live here have relatively easy access to what is mostly really high-quality green space. Mm. On all sides of us, actually. Yes, we're lucky to be... We've got Karingai National Park to the north, we've got the Blue Mountains west, we've got Royal National Park to the south. You know, and within the city itself, we also have substantial areas of green space. Mm-hmm. And a particular quality of this green space is that it's, by and large, you think about something like the Royal National Park, it's natural green space. This is not always available in other cities where they've had to convert urban land to green space. Very rarely is it available. If you look at, you know, what's happening in cities like LA, where they're trying to make green space out of the LA River, which is a concrete drain... You know, that's completely different to the situation here where we have so much remnant bushland that has been preserved in and around the city. How come we've ended up so lucky? Partly through some really visionary planning and visionary conservation work and also luck. We have lots of really prominent uh, natural headlands, for example, preserved in Sydney through defence lands. And also we have quite a lot of our major drainage corridors like Walleye Creek or Lane Cove River, which have been preserved in some instances through planning and in some instances through being really difficult to develop. Mm, very, very good ad- advantage in a city of, of developers. This is good for Sydney, uh, partly because we're learning more and more the utility of this green space. This is the the thing that's causing cities overseas to try to develop it, even though it's quite difficult. They understand how important it is. Yes, and we're also, we're sort of, we're understanding much more clearly that this green space performs a multitude of functions. We've always thought about it in terms of sport and recreation and leisure, but now we understand much better how much it contributes to people's mental as well as physical health how it contributes economically, not just to property values, but also to the economic desirability of cities. Where do our most prized knowledge workers want to live? And we're also starting to see how much it can perform as green infrastructure for drainage systems, but also for things like active transport. Mm. Walking and cycling. I mean, we've all seen through COVID how important it is to be able to get around without public transport or without your car and just how attractive that is and how much fun. Weird little things from, from new research. Contact with landscapes can improve children's academic performance. Absolutely. And there is research out of the US that shows you a direct correlation between access to green space and children's grades. Mm. These are not new ideas, are they, in a way? You look at the bloke who developed the New York Central Park. He had a lot of these ideas. 
This is one of the things which is really interesting. This is all going on in the sort of 1850s, 1870s. His work was was informed by these broad social and political ideas of parks, not just that they, you know, allow people to get fresh air and exercise, but they bring people together in social democratic space but also they perform really important public health functions, um, clean water and uh, exercise as well, and also the sort of connections and between green space infrastructure and uh, uh, transport mm. infrastructure like paths and uh, roads and things like that. We, we might be lucky in Sydney, but of course it's always under threat, isn't it? It's always under threat. And what I, I am afraid of is the fact that we don't recognise what a unique set of circumstances we have and how lucky we are and how rare this is. Every other advanced city in the world is trying to recreate what we already have. But the danger is that we don't value it enough and we let it be nibbled away by a bit of development here and a bit of development there. And, you know, the most important things about this open space, as well as its quality, but also is that it's all connected together. And so we cannot afford to lose either the quality of the open space or the quantity of it. Okay, so just when the world is understanding the utility of it, we should understand quite how lucky we are and stick up for it. Exactly. Very good lesson. Thank you so much. There you go, Elizabeth Mossop was this week's teacher, Professor of Landscape Architecture at the University of Technology, Sydney. You can listen back to Professor Mossop's lecture, of course, online, abc.net.au slash sydney. There you'll also find details of how to subscribe to the free Self-Improvement Wednesday podcast. That's Self-Improvement Wednesday for another week here on Drive. Drive.